It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Ah! Howdy, all. <laughs> Great. That's the first thing that everybody's going to see is when I was going, ah. Uh, howdy, all. Um, it's one of those boring August weekends. Uh, you know, I'm I, I'm cut out for fall, winter, and spring. Summer is sort of like lazy, and we're in that dead zone of like five, six weeks before training camp. So, like, I'm really into baseball right now and, and begging for any – bit of of hockey information right now so i i Ross, i watched the world uh, junior summer showcase the canada us game and we'll talk about that in a little bit but that's how that's how hungry i was for uh hockey was that i was watching that i can understand that i mean you know i'm i'm in the same boat now that my baseball team stinks so i i definitely was watching some of the summer showcase i still have some of it on on the dvr cuz a lot of times i watch it more than once and yeah. i even listened on my way back from New York yesterday, I even listened to one of the games. That's how much I was, you know, looking. You for know, it. you know, you know, your baseball team stinks when Wilmer Flores is playing first base. Yeah. Uh, okay, so two two things. I I, I love the outrage and uh, that occurs on social media when certain things happen, and it's beginning to be a regular occurrence Sunday nights at nine o'clock because anybody who goes on there and talks about game of thrones uh, gets beaten down like don't talk about it i'm taping it then don't be on social media you jerk right. you know it's it's I'm, i i i get the fact that you want to watch it you want to you don't want to be surprised you don't want spoilers out there then don't be thumbing through twitter because people are gonna do it you know that there's a there's anthony there's an old um there's, I don't know if you ever saw the, the kids in the hall. They were a Canadian uh, uh, comedy troupe. It was great. It was great. It was like after SCTV. I don't know if it was great. It was. It was. It had its moments. Yeah. They, had some, they had some good. They had some good. They had good guys on that shit. They, they had some good guys and some good skits. And I remember one skit where they were talking about somebody being evil, and the guy and the guy would say, "Have you ever seen the movie Presumed Innocent?" He says. Spoiler: His wife killed her, so he blew. He blows the, yeah. the the plot for the movie. I get that people don't want to have their you know have the the plot and the and the, the hook for the episode, but just get off social media now, if you don't want now, to be spoiled. Now, speaking of the Mets, did Noah Syndergaard tweet last night because he could have ruined things for people. It's true. I was wondering who that big guy was in the background. I said that guy's awfully tall for uh, in the background, and they're focusing. I said this has got to be so, at least a celebrity. Who's in the background there? It was way too. It was way too prominent. And as soon as I saw it with Noah Syndergaard, I'm I like, don't, I don't watch. Just give him the hammer, damn it! And he and he threw a 99 mile an hour fastball at the Night King. That's what he did. It's like, yeah, but but I mean, it's it's just it's, it's it really it really is unbelievable. So like I, I just you know I and there are people out there. I mean I I love the show. It's sort of like against type for me because I'm not like a Lord of the Rings type of guy. And you came love that's Machiavellian in nature. Say it. What's that? <laughs> you love anything that's Machiavellian in nature. Oh yeah, well yeah, and, and, you know it's like and there, and there's a good character gets killed every episode, so yeah. you know, it's good turnover. But it's an incredible yeah. Deadpool. It's an incredible Deadpool type of show. Yes, but you sh you should watch it, Russ. It, it is good. I TV. don't like it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, now uh, in back to the world of sports, and we'll get to hockey in a second, folks. Because remember, it is August the seventh, so we're stretching a little bit here. We're going to talk about things that are non-hockey. Um, over the weekend, you know, the, the there was an injury to Rich T uh, to uh, Ryan Tannehill, the uh, the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. And he's not that, to my mind, he's not that particularly good of a quarterback anyway. So it was like he's they were going to suck. Below average. Yeah, they were going to suck anyway. So I, I wasn't, but, but you know, th that sort of shot the shot the foot in the plans of the Jets and the Bills, who are trying to be bad this year. And now the the Dolphins probably will be just as bad, but not on purpose. But they went out and signed Jay Cutler, who had a job all lined up with Fox 
as a as a as a commentator. Now the only thing I can think of Russ is that he got a guarantee from Fox that he was not going to lose his job if he went back to the NFL for another year. Because I wouldn't think that he would risk millions of dollars as a commentator for a, a one shot deal here with the. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! This is a one shot ten million dollar deal that he reluctantly took. Like this whole Jay Cutler act, I'm so tired of. Like, here's how apparently it broke down. Like, you know, they contacted him, they made an offer, they made another offer, they texted him, he turns it down, he goes, No, thank you. He doesn't return calls or texts. And then a $10 million offer comes in, and he goes, Yeah, I'll take it. It's like, <laughs> come on. He, I mean, wouldn't you? $10 million ever mm -hmm. on Fox. Wouldn't you? You would take the But here's the thing, Ant. Okay. Yes. Yes. Would I? Sure. But he doesn't like football. We know he doesn't like oh, football. Oh, he likes $10 million, though. Yeah, that's who the doesn't? Problem. His commitment <laughs> to the team. Hey, there's a lot of people I know who don't like accounting. There's a lot of people who I know don't necessarily like accounting, but they're good at it, and they do it because they get paid well to do it. Even Is he good at it? He's not really good at it. Well, good enough compared to, you know, I mean, you this can say. Is, I'm going to tell you what this is. This is the classic case of an offensive fan by any stretch. Yeah, this is the classic case of an offensive coordinator saying, "Yeah, he's a guy who could run my system." You know what? I'm so tired of hearing that because if you're a good quarterback, you could learn any system. Don't think you could pick up a guy off the scrap heap and he's going to just motor your way through the through the AFC East like it's going to be magic. He has, apparently he hasn't touched a football in seven months, so he will come in as cold as Ryan Fitzpatrick last year and yield worse results. That's what I. That's my prediction. There's a, there's a very good possibility of that, and considering the fact uh, whatever's going on with Jarvis Landry right now, he may be losing one of his, his potential targets, so yeah. he's going to have to try to earn that 10 mil. Well, they, they can't sign Anquan Bolden because – uh, that Methuselah has signed with the Buffalo Bill. I mean, this is the thing. It's like football is a young person's game. If you're in your 30s and you're and you're at a skill position, unless you're somebody like a, a freak like Brady or a James Lofton who played into his late 30s, you're not you're not going to be good. I mean, you've, you've taken so many injuries, so many bumps, so many bruises that you know you're going to be slowed down. I mean. You know, I've seen, I saw Bolden. You know, when he was with the, with the Cardinals, then with the Ravens, a little bit. Last time I saw him, it didn't look like he had much left. But the Bills really have nothing after Sammy Watkins. I mean, he, he runs like Pete Metzelars now. Like, is that what they really want? Well, Pete Metzelars played for them for for seven or eight years, <laughs> so they don't care. Hell, I mean, at least he could catch the ball. You know, he was slower than a sundial, but at least he could catch the ball. But that's I mean, the thing. On. Like in the old days, you could bring these receivers back, right? Like a Charlie Joyner, because he knew how to run a route. You know, nowadays the back defensive backfields are so fast. Even if you're a good route runner, you still have to have certain amount of speed, or they're going to jump the routes and intercept you. And I just, but you know what? Again, I applaud the Dolphins and I applaud the Bills as a Jet fan. Good moves. Well, all I, all I can say is by week by week three, it's probably going to be Christian Hackenberg. No, Matt, you here. Matt. No, no, you will never see. Christian Hackenberg. He is still in camp only taking second team reps. He is the biggest farce in football right now. By week three, you're going to see Christian Hackenberg, <laughs> Matt Moore, and TJ <laughs> Yates as the three quarterbacks, and Brady's going to be sitting there. Brady could be sitting behind the, in the pocket with, in a wheelchair and win that division. That's how bad it is. And I don't want to see Anthony laughing because the, the Eagles are going to trade Josh Matthews, and they're going to ruin the day. I mean, that's the thing. They get any value from Otherwise, if guys get hurt or, or, or Aguilar isn't, you know, reincarnated like everybody's saying, you're gonna need you're gonna need Matthews. They may they may, they may have to keep him unless they get a deal that's to their liking. And then you wonder why I don't give a crap about the NFL. Uh, yeah. Hello, hello, ooh, hello, hockey world. Today <laughs> is Monday, August seventh, twenty seventeen. Hi, everybody. I'm Anthony Mangione, senior writer at Centerized Philly Magazine. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And when I can actually talk, I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Uh, Eklund may join us. From lo on location from Florida, um, and but we'll we will forge through with a number of uh, little things that uh, were going on in in the National Hockey League and in the hockey world. Uh, we'll start with uh, the completion of the the World Junior uh, Summer Showcase in Plymouth, Michigan. Um, Russ, you know we know that these games are more just to 
you know, evaluate, you know, for, for the individual countries to evaluate the players for the world junior. I mean, they're going to se separate to their different club teams or, you know, in the case of some, a player like uh, Timothy Lilligren, the Leafs pick may, he may play with, in the American hockey league with the Toronto Marley. So it's the last chance for the hierarchies of Sweden, Finland, the mm -hmm. U S and Canada to get a look at them all together under the same roof and evaluate where, you know, what, which direction they want to go. Um, I have to say, starting starting because the U.S. and Canada played on on Saturday. It was seven five uh, a victory for for Team USA, and I have to say, you know, for a guy who was maligned significantly before he was drafted in the first round by the Edmonton Oilers, I thought Kaylor Yamamoto might have been the best player on the ice in that game, and he really impressed me because. The size really didn't matter. It was the speed. It was his willingness to go to certain areas of the ice where he could tip the puck or annoy the goaltender, and he did that consistently in the games that he played. I, I was very impressed with him. Well, I mean, look, I mean, maybe someday he'll hit a brick wall as he moves up the ladder, but there's never been a game I haven't been impressed with Kaylor Yamamoto. So, like, for anybody to not be impressed with him before – they just weren't paying attention. Like it's just like he's always been this good now. But again, still going up to the NHL level someday. We'll see if he's still as effective. That'll be the big key. But right now, yeah, of course he's great. He's going to hear the same thing as well as like Alex DeBrincat has heard yeah. as well. And once we see him hit the pros this year, uh, we're going to hear there's going to be obviously a lot of look. But again, if you've got a supreme skill set, and in this case, I think Yamamoto has that. Um, along with Debrinket, um, you hope that those skill sets are going to outweigh the physical limitations that yeah. that they apparently have. So we'll see. Again, it's I'm very curious. I'm, I I think they both were excellent picks where they got them, and they're going to enhance their clubs as they go forward. And, and as I said about Debrinket when he was picked by Chicago in the second round uh, two drafts ago, that had like I, I knew he I knew he was going to go back to Erie. You know he's going to make the Blackhawks this year. You know he's going to play probably probably on the line with Taves, and, he, and he'll probably you know, yeah. And if he does, he'll probably be a contender for Rookie of the Year because he he's got that skill set, and it just fell into their laps. And the, of course, it it was Chicago, and Chicago is the one that got well, got him. I I wrote something today, Mike, on Casey Middlestad. Same sort of thing. You. You wonder why each draft certain guys, you know, drop a few slots and all of a sudden end up with a team. Right. And it's always a multitude of things, right? Like with Middlestat, you know, was it was it the pull-ups? Was it the, well, he hasn't played a lot of games? Like everybody seems to just have to work through their biases and then you get to a team who, who doesn't have any and they say, okay, you know what? We're going to take this guy. And so like Middlestat, anytime I've ever seen him, same as Yamamoto, and he played great with Yamamoto – Anytime I've ever seen him, he's always been one of the best guys on the ice. Doesn't matter if he's playing up in age, doesn't matter. And 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 I kind of wish things would get to be that simple again sometimes with scouting and, and just look at a guy and say, this guy loves hockey, that's all he thinks about, and he's just a straight-up hockey player. He makes defensive plays, he does everything. And And right now we're looking at the really still – a guy with a high ceiling because he's already got the pro body, but he's going to get stronger in Minnesota. And when he gets stronger, he's going to be even harder to deal with. So I look at a guy like that. I also look at Joey Anderson. I mean, I, I brought him up a couple of years ago and I felt the devil's got a steal on him. And of course, now you see in these games where he could be a bit of a sniper. And, and that's, you know, again, there's always these kids that they're always going to fall through the cracks, but really what happens is, Teams just look for certain things, and if you don't check off all those boxes or you didn't have a good interview or you don't look strong enough or they think you've reached your ceiling, then you get passed by. Now, again, I think that a, a big determining factor for some of these decisions that Team USA or Team Canada have to make is how these players play in junior um, or, in the case of Team USA, uh, play in the NCAA. And we saw that on the weekend here. Jake Ottinger played against Finland, um, made 37 saves. Um, Team USA won that game. Team USA started Joseph Wall against uh, Canada. He didn't face that many shots, let in five goals, but you know, Canada was a much tougher competition. 
I, I think a lot of the determination of who's going to be that number one goaltender going into Buffalo is going to be how Wall plays at Boston College and how Ottinger plays at yeah. Boston U. That will have a lot to do with it. I mean, that game was just a game where there were just a lot of goals. I'm not a lot yeah, of. I, I, didn't, I don't think he. I don't think he was really like he wasn't bad. I, it was just every goalie was no, getting victimized. It wasn't just him. So well, it, was, it was definitely one yeah. of those teams. Yeah, you just can't look at it that way, and I and that's why I don't put too much stock into the series like that. Like even right now, I'm getting like messages like on from for people like with Middlestad. Hey, Russ, he's playing left wing, so maybe he'll play on the same line as Eichel. I'm like, he's playing in a showcase. They yeah. might use him at left wing in the World Juniors. But he is a center. You didn't draft him to play him on the wing. Like anybody, keep an open mind because yeah. actually that, that's an enhancement if you're Buffalo. You look at it and you say, yeah. hey, that's an option. But you develop him as a center. That should be the, the main primary thing from Buffalo's perspective. And, again, right. that works. But, again, as, as Russ said, you know, Buffalo didn't have any preconceived, bi any, any preconceived biases about Middlestad. I liked him. I figured he was going to end up being a top, you know, end up being, uh, you know, in the top five, and it didn't, you know, didn't shake necessarily shake out that way for him. But that's the Buffalo's gain in this case. Yep. Well, and, and and Buffalo, I mean, they they could very easily start him on the wing because they have Eichel, they have Eichel and Ryan O'Reilly up the middle. They did that with Sam Reinhart. I mean, Sam Reinhart in the World Junior played center. But for the for the for the Sabers, he's played he's played the wing predominantly for the years. Yeah, he's a better center than Reinhardt, though. Middle. No, no, I I I agree. But I'm you know what it is because Reinhardt didn't really know how to patrol defensively in the middle of the ice. You could see Middlestat knows how to do that. <laughs> yeah. He really does. He's yeah. got that just that inane sense where he could just pick up a turnover, turn it into an offensive play. Like just guys, there are just guys that know how to do that. Now, a couple impressions I got from, from the Canada side here. Um, Sam Steele led the Western Hockey League last year in scoring. Mm -hmm. uh, it was thir 30th overall pick of the Anaheim Ducks. By the way, Leafs fans, that was the first-round pick that they got for the Kessel deal that they flipped for Freddie Anderson. So here you go. You're going down the road again here of Ricard Raquel and John Gibson for Tyler Biggs. Down well, Freddie Anderson, we go. But, but Freddie Anderson is a pretty good goaltender, so at least the Leafs like got you, something this time. Here's the thing, though. You can't look at it that way only because the Leafs needed a goalie so badly. That and Anderson's a good goalie. Yeah. And Anderson's a good goalie. But, you know, that, that just shows that Anaheim can draft even at the bottom of the first round. But Steele was very impressive, um, you know, seemed to find the scoring zones, was always around the net. Conversely, Russ, third overall pick, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I, I don't know. He didn't do that great in the World Juniors last year. He was playing – now, he was playing the wing. He wasn't playing center, but and they had him in more – a pretty defensive role, too. Right, and it looks like they're doing that to him again. Well, and that's honestly, fine. I mean, I don't worry about it. it again, if, you, if he wants to play for John Tortorella, he's going to have to play a certain amount of that. He yeah. is strong enough that the offense will come. Like, I, I don't worry about that. See, I don't, I don't sweat that detail – I just think, again, and this is what I talk about with these tournaments, guys get played at a position all the time. They get asked to play a role. The coach goes up to him and basically says, you want to be on this team? This is what I envision for you. You know, so like Middlestat, hey, we got a lot of centers here, guys with more experience than you, but if you want to play on this team, play the wing. Same thing with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Now, Sam Steele, I felt like, had been just getting the, the treatment where Kevin, like Kevin LeBanc, you know, like, Hockey Canada was just ignoring him as good as he had been. And some will say, well, you know, he wasn't fast enough, whatever. Well, he, he's been putting up a lot of points. He did look great. And, and I think he's a heck of a player. I didn't know he had a backyard rank the, the way he has one. Wow, that was impressive. Maybe the best backyard rank I've ever seen in the history of backyard ranks. But the kid can play. Darren Drager. Yeah. The kid can play. Right out of my mouth, Mike. Drager <laughs> 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 might take offense. <laughs> All right. The kid can play though, and and I'm happy. I'm always happy to see when guys finally get their chance, because again, there are guys that always get cut. You know, Yamamoto got cut. Now he's one of the best guys on the team. Sometimes, even though it's not fair that these guys get cut, sometimes it actually makes them better. Even though that's not a great way to do it, sometimes that's the result. It becomes a psychological. It does. Which motivates them, puts a chip on the show. I'll show you. Yep. And comes back even stronger, especially if they have that skill, if they have that yeah. higher level skill set. 
And as we talked about last week, you have to realize that these players are, you know, more than likely not only trying out for the World Junior Team, they're trying out for the Olympic team because right now it looks like it's going to predominantly be NCAA products. And if it, you know, if you've got Ottinger and Wall, and there's a couple other goaltenders, former Flyer prospect Merrick Madsen. I know Kevin Allen used Madsen as one example of somebody who you know might be an Olympic candidate if he hadn't if he hasn't signed. I know his rights were traded, but he hasn't signed yet with with uh, the team that with Arizona, I believe it was. So I mean, if he doesn't, then he could qualify for the Olympics. Um, two more two more things here, just on on the show summer showcase. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin finally got into the lineup in the final game against Finland. Um, and I, you know, and as expected, you know, they were loading on the minutes for Liljegren when yeah. Dahlin was not in the lineup. But as soon as yeah. Dahlin got there, Dahlin was on the first defensive pairing. Yeah, big, big kid, mobile. He's not as big as Victor Hedman, but you can see the size. You can see the the uh, willingness to get involved physically, but you see the offensive tools there as well. I mean, he looks like the total package, but I'll, t- I'll tell you, Russ, Lil- Liljegren did a lot, I think, and, you know, you can't overestimate, you know, what somebody does in this and say, okay, you can carry that forth and say, oh, he's going to make the NHL this year. But I don't think it's out of the question that he will at least get a, a, a reasonable look at Leafs training camp, it's not just Marley's or SHL. If he plays well, I think there's an outside chance he could make the Leafs out of training camp. I think there is. And I, I also think that Darlene going out was a tremendous break for him because mm-hmm. then he got to show off those skills while his while his bosses were in town. That was a pretty big deal for him. So that was good, and he shined. Now, the one thing I'll tell you about Sweden is they don't always make the right decisions anymore about what defensemen to play where in these big tournaments. I've noticed in the last couple of years them juggling around guys, and they always seem to put the shiny new guy in that number one role like they had Lilligren in a couple of years ago in the under-18s. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they do that, but they do. And and it's it's just a weird thing. It's not to take away from Darlene because I do think he's terrific and amazing and generational. But I've noticed this has become a thing with them now. Well, they 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 were very careful with him at the World Junior last uh, yes. January. Uh, but that was a, a team that was really not great. Right? No, it wasn't. But but you would have thought defensively. That, I mean, so that's right. why. But I see that that's, to me that would that would lead me to believe that okay, if we're not great, let's put this guy out there and at least get the experience. And they really babied him and really, you know, limited his minutes and limited his limited his exposure in, in at the World Junior in January, which and I was a little coach surprised. Was criticized at. for it, actually. The coach yeah. was criticized for it because he had played certain guys that he wanted to play, and wasn't necessarily. I don't think the coach was doing this to protect them. I think he was just doing it because he was playing the guys he wanted. And he took some criticism, not in the U.S., obviously, but in his own countries for what I, that's what I gather. Yeah. But the next time we'll see Canada and the U S playing together will be at, uh, (laughs) at uh, what used to be Ralph Wilson stadium, now new era field in Buffalo, which the thing I'll be curious about Russ is how many people will be in the stands. It's December 29th. It's not new year's Eve. I thought if it was, if it was new year's Eve, I think that would have been a disaster because nobody's going to want to go all the way over and then try to get back for new year's Eve on on the 29th. I might make that game because I know I want to go to the game at city field, the uh, winter classic. So it's possible, but I, I think they'll probably get a half full stadium. That's what I think they're going to get. Yeah, I'd say fifth. I'd say about fifty thousand. The stadium is seventy five. You know, the question is, will they will they cut off the upper decks? Will they just have? Yeah, I think they'll cover the upper deck. I think that's probably for TV. I think that's what'll end up happening. But I, I got some info this morning on the um, yeah. on the Sochi Cup, and okay. so you know, I get I get texts from from Russia on social media and um and it's interesting russia with russ cohen (laughs) and well because like i'm not watching these games or practices or anything right but but the information's good the person i know covers it and is right there and so the interesting thing is so the first thing that was noticed was that maybe willie desjardins not going to be the best coach for this team canada now they did win a game one nothing 
but it was against a pretty weak KHL team. That HC team is a not a great team. The goalie is kind of interesting, though, because Constantine Barulin was drafted like a million years ago by the Blues, and he's 32 years old now. And so this is why, like, when Islander fans get excited about Sorokin and the Rangers fans get excited about Chess Yorkin, doesn't mean these guys will ever, ever come over. And Barulin's the same thing. He was drafted in, like, the third round, and you took – you know, you, you – you wasted a third-round pick. He's never playing for the St. Louis Blues. But they won that game one nothing. Jesse Blacker, who Mike is very familiar with, got the game-winning goal. Former second-round pick of the Toronto Maple Leafs, traded for Peter Holland. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. So Blacker, um, Gilbert Brule, and yep. Max Talbot are some of their, you know, better players. They're playing the real Russian team today. And yes. I can and, only and we imagine have what – we have an up. We have an update. We have, we have a, we have a, an update on the score. The, fi the final score was Team Canada lost to Russia three to two. Uh, Brandon Kozin, another former Leaf with two assists, goals by Gilbert Brule and Maxim Nero. I don't know who started. Who yeah, played, Maxim Nero, I remember. Yeah, but Bur look, so, Brule is young and could skate. And so in a situation like this, I hope he can shine a little bit. Um, I kind of wonder if Russia took it easy on him too. I kind of wonder because they they. They got some players if, if, if they want to. Anthony, lulling them, into, lulling them into a false sense of security. That's what the Russians are doing. They could be. They could be. But it's, 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 what I've been told is there is a noticeable difference when you see the Russian team compared to these other teams. Even if the scores right now are close, I'm just going to say don't be fooled by them because unless some major things happen, you know, again, we don't know how the U.S. is even going to operate. I mean, if they go the college route, it's probably the best way. But, again, all these colleges are going to have to be in on it and say, we're okay, and I think players will lose either four or five games. But it's only a 30-something game season, right? So who knows if they're willing to lose multiple players for a 30-something game season. So we'll see how that plays out. I mean, Anthony, it, well, okay, I, I want to bring this up, and I'm going to get your opinion here first because the facade continues – with Alex Ovechkin, there was a report in the Washington Post this morning that Alex Ovechkin is still hoping to represent his country at the Olympics. For people who don't understand what's going on here, he's not going to bail out on his contract. I would suspect that before the regular season, the NHL is going to come out and say that any player that leaves for Pyeongchang will – be suspended for the rest of the season and the playoffs. Now I don't know if they can get away without pay, but maybe probably you know, probably that, that would probably abrogate the that's, CBA. That's 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 the nuclear option there. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it probably won't be without pay. They'll probably still get paid, but it, it, it they can suspend them. Yeah. For yeah. the rest of the season and for the playoffs, and if that's the case, then you know I don't think that uh, Ted Leonsis is going to be so happy-go-lucky about letting uh, letting Ovechkin and Kuznetsov and whoever else wants to go. They're not going to go. No, they're not going to go. They're not as much as they want to. They're not going to go. It's just that's too much. It's this it's, is PR it's, right now. That's all. Yeah. Ovechkin is this, doing his best PR. And, it's not even that, and I'll be honest, it's not even that. It, it, I'm, I'm reading the message and I'm going. It's not. It's almost like he sounds resigned to it. He knows, yeah. he, and that—that that was my read on it. He says, "I'm hoping." I was like, "When you say hoping, that's yeah. not as strong as I'm going to come hell or high water." He, right. he yeah. knows that there's, you know, the potential for this is not good. You know, not good for him, and he's not the point of his career. What's his age now? Thirty, mid, thirty-one. Thirty-one. He's so, a year older than Crosby. I mean, it's not. He's a year older than Crosby, so it's not. You know. But it's still a year, you know, being losing. Yeah, a I mean, you don't know when you're going to have a career-ending injury. You know, he's in the what will be, called, you know, the prime year of his. He doesn't want to lose a prime shot of a Stanley Cup, you know, Stanley Cup run at this point. It's the one thing he's won medals. Um, this, this is the this, this is the thing, Anthony. I, I think I think he realizes this is Russia's best chance to win a gold with everybody else sending. Yeah. You know, limit, limited teams, mm -hmm. yep. and if he can't go, then he loses out on the glory. Because what was it? Weren't both his parents like Olympic? Yeah, his mother champions? was a gymnast. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, so yeah, that it means a. I I don't doubt that it means a lot to him, but I think the thing that would that would sting the most is that the year that he doesn't go, that he's been going since two thousand six, and the year that he doesn't go, they win the gold medal. Right, that's the thing that I think will hurt him the most, and that's why I, maybe he's so adamant. But I think this is more damage control because I think you know back if, in Russia, it's like, if, I'm, if I'm basing this off the quote here and what I'm reading here, it sounds to me like it almost resignation that you know he says yeah. i'm hoping to go versus you know being much more adamant about it mike and i know he's trying to straddle a you know a very thin line here in in, in his commitments to the to washington and his and, and obviously to go into russia uh to play to play in the olympics but you know here's the thing this is what happens when you sign you, you sign a you know a contract to that level these are the expectations that come with it the Capitals are already risking taking a step back this year who they based on who they lost on the blue line. It's almost yeah. a guarantee they're going to take some sort of step back, at least as far as being a defensive team in the Barry Trotz system, even if they put young guys in there, right? So right. the last thing Ted Leonsis can afford to do is lose Ovechkin for a period of time and Kuznetsov. I mean, because if, if, if you let one go, the other has to go. And so yeah, right. he can't afford to lose those guys for any period of time. Now, if they don't want a cup last year, Maybe he'd be more forgiving. Yeah, this I think at that point you got – exactly. If they won the Cup last year or the year before that, they yeah. would have been a bit more inclined to say, go ahead, Alex, we'll give you that. Right. Hasn't happened. Still can't right. contest the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, and don't you think if, Al, if Alex Ovechkin and, and say, Dmitry Orlov and Kuznetsov want to go, that Nicholas Backstrom is going to want to go too? I mean, he's going to want to play for Sweden. You do so, that, you yeah. the domino effect, for especially for the Capitals. Oh, yeah. As many international players as they have. Yeah. It'll be a domino effect, and they'll be gutted. And it just—that's you know—that's the reason why I think a lot of why the NHL would go that route, that hard line. Yeah, players from going to Pyeongchang. They will. They don't want to appear to be the bad guys. The NHL, so they're going to wait to the last possible minute to make this public, whatever. And, and they're probably going to keep it low key. I expect they're going to they're gonna get beat, and they're going to get beaten up pretty good in the press, well, any more so than they've had on any other decisions I, that they made. But again, I expect it to be like a Friday at five o'clock email. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> take out, it's take out the trash day here at the NHL. No, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you That's when it's going to happen. It's it's going to it's going to happen. The, the the regular season starts on Wednesday. On a Wednesday, they're going to release that on Tuesday. No, they'll Is release it the Friday before the week of the regular season, so it's like forgotten about already. Okay, that's what I. All right, you, you meant you mentioned Crosby. Crosby celebrated his thirtieth birthday. I wasn't sure if it was Sunday or today, um, but I looked at I looked at Crosby's stats: um, seven hundred eighty-two games played, three hundred eighty-two goals, six hundred forty-five assists, a thousand twenty-seven points. Two gold medals, three Stanley Cups. Obviously, you know he's gonna have a tough time getting in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. He's, um, but yeah, the question is, yeah, real tough, real tough. No, no, you know, it'll be really close. Um, what I'm questioning is, with his history of injuries, how many goals do we think he's gonna get? I mean, can, can will he get to 500? Will he get to 600? Yeah, I think he'll get to five. Will okay? Will he let's 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 yeah. skip five hundred then. Will he get to six hundred? He's thirty now. We don't know how many more seasons he's going to have. You can think he used to play at the at least three more three or four more seasons at the clip he played at this this year especially. Yeah, right. I'm going to say no. He can, but he's got. That's the question if he's going to be able to do that. And again, he's had two long playoff runs now. Right, adds tread that adds that adds tread to the tire. You know, takes away yeah. from the tire. That's just that, and that's where you do begin to wonder whether or not injuries are going to be are going to prop up. Yeah, I think six hundred is a little lofty right now. Yeah, yeah, and he's been I, remarkably. Yeah, I'm safe. I'm safe with five, right. six, maybe pushing. Hey, Ak, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good. good. Can, bar can barely hear you. Sorry, one second. Let me get close to you guys. Is that better? Oh, you're that's better. Now we can see your now we can see your cornea. What are you saying exactly? Um, all right. Sorry, okay. Well, we we we'll saved we saved the rumor talk until you got on the show. So uh, let's yeah, we'll do, let's start with that. I'm at the Maccabi Games in Florida, which is like a really cool thing. Our team just lost to Toronto. Ha! Toronto of all teams. Uh, lost, lost three to two to Toronto. Uh, great girls, though. Mike bet on Toronto, but oh well. 
Here's a good story I want to tell you guys. I think this is really cool. So something the good thing about Toronto. Okay, so there were these um. I, you know, I had money with me, but I only had like, uh, I only had a $100 bill because I hadn't broken it yet, whatever. So I'm walking around with this and I, um, I, tr- I lost it. Mike, you can relate to this because I dropped money one time. With, I dropped money one time with you. Yeah, <laughs> please. I, I've never seen somebody scramble so much as it, it was the Wells Fargo Center. It was a, it was yeah. windy out and I had a roll of $20 bills and all of a sudden they blew out and we were all chasing money all over the park. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my finer moments, Mike. Um, so i lost this hundred dollar bill and i'm like oh man and i'm walking around but i didn't tell anybody i just knew this so my wife knew it though so she's walking by she's walking with my son somewhere and these two little kids from toronto found the hundred dollar we found a hundred dollar bill they're showing their parents and the parents are like um well go ask if this is anybody so like okay so they start walking around did anybody lose a hundred dollar bill like i'm like you know people are really being super nice and my wife's like, and I wasn't going to say anything at all because at that point, you're just so embarrassed. I'm going to take $100 from these kids who just found it, you know, whatever. My wife, of course, says, my husband lost a $100 bill. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Lord. So um, so I go, I go over. So I'm like, yeah, I did. I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, no, thanks. You're, you know, you're, you know, we're glad we found it. So I'm like, you guys are from Toronto, right? And they're like, yeah. I said, okay, you know what? I'm, I got their number. I'm like, next time the Flyers are in town, you guys are going to a Flyers Leafs game up there. Thanks so much for being so cool. So, nice. Yeah. So then they're all fired nice. about that. So it's good karma, you know, for the whole the whole situation here. Um. Anyway, I realize I'm wearing a flyer's hat, which I never would do during a podcast thing like this. Here we go. All right. <laughs> that helps. Yeah, I still can't tell you wearing one. That's good. Yeah, it's got the name on the back. I'm only wearing. A, I'm, I'm only wearing a flip. I'm not wearing these because I am. So it's making direct straight. I'm from Team Philadelphia. We're supposed to wear Philadelphia garb. There you go. Okay, that's forgiven then. Thank you. God, right. God, anyway. knows, God knows you wouldn't want to wear that loser eagle stuff. No, no. Or a Phillies hat, Lord help us. Um, so, all right. So anyway, the, the rumors. Um, just two quick things, guys. I wasn't going to come on the podcast because I am on vacation, like I said. We're about to take on Alberta, believe it or not. A team from Alberta. So, Uh-oh. By the way, the Canadian girls soccer team, I've never heard so many, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Those polite kids in the world. Meanwhile, our girls, three of them leveled two of their girls right off the bat. <laughs> and the, the, the Toronto fans, the Toronto fans are like, I mean, these are 15-year-old girls. The Toronto parents are like, ah, stupid broad street bullies, what are they doing? It's crazy. So it was uh, this good old-fashioned flyer, you know, Toronto, which was just right out like the uh, the Stanley Cup finals in like 2000, and the Stanley Cup playoffs in like 2003, was it? Ty, J- Ty Domi's going Domi's gonna to jump into the penalty box yeah. anytime now. So Charlie and Eli, the two boys who found my $100 bill, thank you so much, guys, and, and we can't wait to get you guys set up in Toronto. It's going to be fun. All right, rumors. Um, real quick, I've been chasing for four days now. <laughs> two of the teams that I follow a lot, and obviously two of my my two favorite teams, Montreal and Philly, who don't do room, don't do trades very often with each other. As you guys know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Eklund makes up flyers, rumors, whatever. Understand that, that if I was to make up rumors, this would be the worst team for me to do so because I am credentialed in the press box. I have to deal with them all the time. So believe me, though, when I say to you that I'm not making up this rumor, this is legitimate. Um, and, uh, you know, not that I make up rumors for other teams, but I'm just saying for Philly, it would be really hardest for me to do because um, I am I am held accountable by them. Um, we have how many seats in the press box? Three now. So anyway, um, okay, so this is the deal. Montreal has been talking to them, talking to Philly, looking for a defenseman. Obviously, Montreal needs a defenseman. The Flyers have defensemen. Um, and this is a, there's a good mixture there. There's a good combination there. Canadians have been trying to trade Galchenyuk to the Flyers, I was told. But the Flyers don't want Galchenyuk. Um, and for whatever reason, I mean, there's a couple. Galchenyuk is definitely one of those players that runs hot or cold with guys, I find. Um, you guys still have me, right? I make sure I didn't get caught. Yep. Cool. All right, just, just be like, just like, all right, cool. I was, let's just all rest. No, we're, we're, just, we're just letting letting you go That's because it sounds you. just good enough. Yeah, we, okay. we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll we'll debate it after you after after you're off. So okay, we'll fine. just let you go. So yeah. So so um, I'm sorry for being so close. I'm just trying to make sure I can be heard. No, um, no, it's Gal- it's Gal- good. Galchenyuk, uh, the Flyers don't have an interest in even um. So basically, how it seemed to go is the Flyers are tried to get Pacioretty out of them, um, which is a lot, obviously. Pacioretty, you know, uh, offered up a offered up Sandheim, and it started off like a fifth or sixth round draft pick. Is what I heard. It went to a third round draft pick. Uh, Sanheim, a third-round draft pick, but Montreal still was not quite okay with that. Montreal said, okay, well, we'll give, how about Galchenyuk instead? The Flyers said, not a chance. We're going to give you Sanheim for Galchenyuk and anything. Um, so 
they 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 said and they Montreal they said to Montreal, would you like and now Montreal said, well, what if we gave what if we went for a different defenseman besides Sanheim? To which the Flyers responded, um, no, we we don't want Galchenyuk, and that, so I was kind of left at that. Um, that's how I was told the story went, and this is from a really good source at the NHL who um is familiar with both teams and knows knows them very well. And if I said who it was, you it probably doesn't take too too much figuring out actually for you dudes out there, but I won't I won't go any further. Um. Just think of the teams involved. So Montreal. So that's that's where that's at right now. Um, still talking. Teams are still talking, uh, but it's not it's not done. But there's definitely it's not you know a done deal. It's not it's, and it's not dead. Okay. And go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Then after that, um, suddenly JVR rumors started popping up again. Uh -oh. Matt like rumors. Did I lose you? Do you nope. have me? We have you. We have. Okay. So JVR rumors. Um, so uh, John Van Bees. Van, Van, Van Reens. Oh my God. Okay. Sorry. Too many Baileys out here in the sun. Um, Baileys on ice. Do you want me to call back in? No, no, no. We're good. We're good. Keep going. Uh, JVR, JVR for um, you know a couple teams interested. Last you remember last week we were talking about the Bozak rumors uh, that were floated yes. out there by Larry Brooks. Well, that's mm -hmm. uh, that did those discussions did ha did take place. Um, Toronto was, you know, not willing to give up Bozak for what was being offered. I don't think what was being offered. The only thing I know is it wasn't exactly what we were hearing, which was the defenseman, right, that we were hearing out of New York. Um, but it wasn't that guy. So JVR, the, so now JVR, the Rangers have started talking about JVR again. And the Rangers have always liked Van Rings. Like, I uh, wouldn't be shocked off they got into this with them a little bit more. But the, the, they're not the only team. Columbus and Florida, who I met with somebody down here in Florida, who, because um, I'm not too far from, from where the Panthers practice and play, and I have some good friends down here. So I met with a Florida Panthers guy last night for dinner. And he, he confirmed that they had, had had a lot of interest in JVR um, going back to this time last year and even during the season at one point. Right. Um, but the Leafs had made, made it clear that they weren't going to trade him during the season last year. So, but, uh, you know, so those are the three teams. Uh, you can look on the rumor chart. I'm going to be adding a couple people on the rumor chart this afternoon as well. Um, Matthew Shane, there's rumors flying around about him in Nashville again. Um, which I think were amplified by the fact he was caught wearing some like Tennessee shirt or something like that. You know, one of those things on Instagram. Um, but you know, so people are, you know, connecting dots, but I, I, I'm, I, that's all it is to me. I don't think there's really anything to it. I don't think there's actually anything right. going down with that. So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, you guys want to discuss for a second and then I can go, but I'll talk, I'll hang on as long as I can. And then, uh, we'll go from there. Okay. okay. Um, Russ, let's, let's, let's start with the, the Montreal Philly. Um, Pacioretty is under contract for two more years at four and a half million dollars. You know, he's the captain of the Canadians. For me, it, right now, with a team that lost scoring uh, in this offseason, losing Radula, it, it, it's, it, it's tough in my mind to see Montreal even open to the possibility of trading Pacioretty. Well, but Montreal, if they're looking for a puck moving defenseman, Sanheim makes sense. Sure. I, I can see I can see the Flyers getting Pacioretty if they feel like they're going to have trouble locking up Wayne Simmons when his contract runs out. That's maybe where that makes sense. It gets real interesting. That, that was my one of the things I was going to say with regards to being a potential con to a deal in that circumstances because he's two years left on the deal. You've got Simmons. You're not only you're losing Sanheim, who's arguably Philadelphia's top defensive prospect, who's not playing currently on the team. You're giving up a third-round pick, as as um, as Eck just mentioned. Plus, you're going to be potentially shipping Simmons all for basically for Pacioretty. Now, that being said, he's in his prime. You know, big scoring wing for Giroud, Couturier. You could see where he could certainly fit in. He's a leader. He could potentially enhance a lot of young players' development as he's there. Philly also would have to be very comfortable with where Phil Myers is at right now in terms right. of his, uh, if he can ostensibly replace Sanheim in system. But again, I'm a little bit still leery on Myers because of his, his past concussion history. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily ready, would be ready necessarily to move off, at least from my perspective. And Philly's odd. The Flyers are obviously going to know more in this case in terms of his health than I will. He looked fine, certainly during developmental camp. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, that's still something that, kind of sticks in the back of my mind. And the fact also Philadelphia's not quite a contender yet. Pacioretty seems to be like an addition to a team that's just about ready to get over the top. Right. Uh, and Philly's not quite in that particular circumstance. Again, 28 years, there's, there's some good things certainly in that perspective. From Montreal's perspective, again, you get Sanheim, you're getting the immediate replacement for Sergachev. 
a uh, guy who I think is, again, in, in Sanum, I think is a franchise-level defenseman. Um, it does, however, from the con for Montreal is you're taking away their team captain, you're taking away the scoring ability and size. Does it run counter to what Bergevin has been trying to building towards? I mean, they're, look, they need scoring, they need size. I mean, they've certainly done that, but you would lose that in this circumstance. Um, I can see why they moved off of Patch already quickly in this case. Galchenyuk, again, it comes down to he's younger, obviously, in this case. But, yeah, it's interesting from Philadelphia's perspective that they wouldn't be interested in Galchenyuk. But, again, certainly I wouldn't deal Sanheim for Galchenyuk. Right. That's for sure. Right. Uh, right. But it's interesting they said no other defenseman in this case. That's the part that I find – Interesting, because there's some other defenseman in system that I certainly would consider moving him as part of a package to get Galchenyuk if they were interested. I, I had muted you because the because of the uh, the wind, and now I can't unmute you. So, um, just yeah, I was just to say, yeah, you'd have to just just shut it down, and we'll we'll have you on the next show. And he's making hand gestures. <laughs> Okay. All right. Sorry, sorry about that. I didn't realize once I muted, once I muted you, I couldn't bring it back. Okay. Um, all right. Um, I, yeah, I, I just, I just think that, I just think that in this instance that, yeah, I mean, Sanheim is their, is their best. I mean, Profarov's already in the NHL. So Sanheim is the best guy not there. And unless you're getting, no, they, they, you, you have the one thing I will say, Mike, I don't want to interrupt, but the one thing I will say is, Philly, because they've bulked up on so many defensive prospects and have so many guys in the system, it's going – eventually they are going to have to move guys off. Right. The question is whether or not they're trying to cut that off at the pass. But, again, Sanon showed so much promise last year. Now, he does need, I think, a little more time in the A before mm-hmm. I would see him playing in the NHL on a regular full-time basis. But, but he's in many ways kind of like – it's almost like a, an Alex Peter Angelo situation where when they move him, uh, it, you know, when they bring him up, I think he's going to be ready. He will be ready really to, to, to really be an effective defenseman at this level. Um, right. But, again, that's, that's where I kind of see things right my, now. My whole thing is, as far as Galchenyuk is concerned, like you have Konechny. He's already that guy. Like Galchenyuk, they're not sure if he's a center or a winger. Konechny in the future could always play center, but he's a winger right now. Like what is really the difference between these two players? Like I, I, that's why I don't see a fit. I don't see the fit either in this case. I really don't. Now, now as far uh, as JBR, yeah, let's talk about JBR for a minute. Now, is it true the Rangers have liked him and wanted him and he's wanted to go there? Yes. But right now the Rangers' weakness is at center. If they right. get another winger, it doesn't improve their chances at center. And so now if they put JT Miller at center, yeah, there's a spot on the wing. But for, for JBR to play in you know a top six situation there, they're gonna to have to move some guys around. I, I don't see it happening. I don't. Yeah, I mean th- that was the thing. It's like if and Eck was he made sure to stipulate that the the guy that we heard about in the in the Bozak rumor, which was Nick Holden, yep. um, we we'd heard from Kevin McGran who reported in July that the Leafs had absolutely no interest in Nick Holden, yeah. and that makes sense because Nick Holden for in a JBR deal makes no yeah, sense. Doesn't, it doesn't add up because he's not he's not a great. Deal, he's yeah. a bottom pairing defenseman at best who was used in a top four role because Elaine Vigneault liked him in New York, and I still don't get it. But the Leafs are expecting to get a good return if they are trading JVR or if they're trading Bozak. And I don't see the Rangers trading Brady Shea. No. And I don't see them trading any – you know, they probably would love to trade Mark Stahl and get get out of that contract, but I don't think Team like Toronto is taking that contract back. So I don't see the pieces really fitting there – Unless you know the Leafs are getting a first round pick, and I don't think Gordon's don't think, doing that. Yeah, I don't think that that's happening either. So, so I I don't know. I, I I mean, Columbus and and Florida. You want to know that, the fit? I'll give you the fit. If you want the fit for JVR, then it would be JVR for Rick Nash. Then then you might be talking something because then the Rangers get out from under the even though it's the last year of Nash's deal. Maybe right. they have something else in mind where if they were to get rid of Nash, they'd have some more money to spend. Yeah. They might do that. Well, the, I mean, were, the Leafs would be taking back Nash 
I mean, they're expecting to get a, a, a future return or a current return that, that they can hold on to for a few years. Well, Nash I mean, is, that's what you think, but maybe maybe the Leafs aren't looking for that anymore because they already have the future. Like, they are sort of going for it a little bit this year, and so maybe they would do that. But after they've done Marlowe, Russ? I know, yeah. that's the thing. That's the that's tough the part. Thing. They already did Marlowe. Marlo I, I, I see there more – like, in, 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 that, in that scenario, Russ, I see there's more of a chance that they trade JVR someplace and would – take Nash in a deal from the Rangers, but not one for one because they want to get, you know, a prospect or a defenseman or a young defenseman or a draft pick. So they're, they're not, they're not going to give up JVR for a guy who's a rent a player on the other side. And that makes no sense. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but we'll just touch on it briefly. Columbus and Florida both make sense from a, from a JVR standpoint. I think Columbus is looking to add, add some scoring. Maybe they don't want to rush a guy like Dubois. Uh, you know, if they can, they they got rid of Hartnell. Uh, they bring JVR in as a re, as a rental guy. Now again, it's like the Leafs that they have defensemen. You know, would would the Leafs take Ryan Murray for JVR? I think in a second. I yeah, really, the I, would. I don't think Columbus would do that. I think right. Columbus right now, for the most part, their weakness right now really is down the middle. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, I think they've got pretty good enough wing depth. It's the center position for them that's a concern. They're and that's why they move. That's why they might move. Yeah. I was originally thinking potentially that Duchesne was a, a possible fit yeah. there for them. And that's why they'll give Dubois a shot at center to, to see where he's at. Right. And and with and with Florida, Florida has that gap created by the absence of Yager, mm-hmm. and they they I think they do need scoring. They have they have their Barkoffs, they have their Huberdos, they they have Trocheck, but they you know if you get a bona fide scorer. And there, who can score twenty-five to thirty goals? I think that changes the landscape uh, of the Panthers. But again, the Leafs are going to want a defenseman. They're not going to want Jason Demers because Jason Demers would be a salary dump. He's got four years left, making a little over four. Yeah, so who, who are you really taking there? They're not giving you. you want, they're not giving you Matheson. Well, that's that's who the, that's who I think yeah, the Leafs will want. Why would they yeah, do Matt, that? Matt, well, then I mean, come on, he's a commodity. He scored thirty goals. You know, right. you're not going to give him. You're not going to give him enough. As you think he's not? Uh, I, I see. I think he is, and I think Matheson, that's what when you're talking about a guy in the blue line who could play top four for the next ten years, mm-hmm. and JVR has got a contract that's going to run out. I'm not the, saying you have to put something else in that deal to sweeten sure. it from Florida's perspective to make that move. It's, exactly. It's, exactly. The only way exactly. that occur. They got to have future. They have to have something for the future in this case. Yeah. Oh no, I, I I agree with that, and it may take something on top of. But I'm saying if they trade JVR, they're not trading. I think right now, until until the trade deadline, they're not trading him for a draft pick and prospects. They're trading him for a guy who can fit in no, there because they'll just let him play. I think ultimately, what's going to happen with JVR is he's just going to play for the Leafs. Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll do we'll do only f- I, I put a list of 10 together. We'll only do five. We'll save the other five for, for our next show. By the way, our next show will be on Wednesday, Tuesday, uh, tomorrow. I am heading up to Toronto to see the uh, New York Yankees kill the Toronto Blue Jays at Rogers Center. I will also be appearing on the Steve Dangle podcast. So if you, if you want to be entertained completely like you are on the Hockey Buzzcast, you'll listen to, and watch to that. Ask watch Steve Dangle how, how his skating is because he wasn't much better than me last time I skated with him. No, both of you are better than me. I'm. A, 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 no, I, Steve I, could probably pile drive you into the floor at this point. No way. He's not. He's, you think he's I'm bu- afraid of Dangle? Come on. He's bulked, he's bulked up. He can't skate. It. He can't skate. But boy's bulked up. <laughs> okay. I, I don't worry about Steve Dangle. There, I've I've select I have selected ten UFA veterans who are unsigned, uh, who are still unsigned. Okay. Um, I'll go through. I'll go through the first five. We can do one of three things. They we're evaluating one of three things. Will they get a one-year contract? Will they get a professional tryout? Or that will there be no takers for them by by the uh, by the beginning of training camp? One-year tryout or bubkus. Okay. Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. We will start with Dennis Weidman, who last year. 18 points in 57 games, but that's not the problem. The, pro- the problem is, 
is the 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 lawsuit with Don Henderson. That's this, a black this, cloud over his that's head. A big, well, that's a big black cloud. But we're talking about a right-hand shot defenseman who's 34 years old, who looks, looks like he still has something left. Mm-hmm. And will a team give him a one-year contract, a professional tryout, or, as you say, Anthony, bupkis? Tryout. I'm going to say I think he'll get – I think because of those assets that he does bring, he'll get a tryout. How long he'll last? I don't know. Uh, could get Bupkis, but I'm going to I'm going to lean towards at least tryout, considering the uh, def- need for defensemen. Russ, uh, I'm going to go uh, Bupkis. <laughs> okay, I think he'll get a tryout. I, I think he will. I mean, I think that this lawsuit and the the thing hanging over. It's going to scare a lot of teams off, but I think there will be one team or two teams out there that are so desperate for defensemen that they'll ignore that and give him a chance. I don't. I can't guarantee that he's going to make it. He's and 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 we you know we know how this works. You know they 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 take a professional tryout. Basically, the agent and the general manager will negotiate a contract if he makes it. They'll say yeah. he's going to make nine hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, and then you know, but but they don't sign anything. He's got to make the team. That's what happened with uh, Mason Raymond a few years ago with the Leafs. He they already negotiated the deal. It was just okay if he makes the team, that's what you're going to get. So right. there's a, then the only thing that that changes there is you know he could get an offer from another team if they like what they saw in sure. in, in their training camp. So okay, so um, Dennis Wyman was first one. Drew Stafford, uh, 31 years old. He after being traded from Winnipeg, he finished strong with the Bruins. I think he scored a couple goals in the playoffs for them. He did. Um. You know, former Buffalo Sabre, he's had some good years. Uh, Anthony, uh, tryout contract, Bupkis. We know Kaya just said Bupkis. No, she was she was reacting to the ambulance. Keep okay. it going. Anthony? I'm going to say Stafford. I'm, I'm between one-year deal and tryout. I think we get into camp, there's an injury. Um, he's good enough to get a one. He's – He's kind of in that. I'm trying to think of the player off the tip of my tongue who kept bouncing around as a friend, veteran player. Oh my god, he just stepped me out. He's running. He's, he's going to be like Lee stepped me out. Yeah. He'll be getting. One, he'll string together one year deals. I'm going yeah, to sit down one year deal somewhere. Yeah, I think he'll get a one year deal. I still think the Bruins will call him in. I do. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. One year deal. You know what will probably I, happen? They'll probably trade Spooner or somebody last minute, right. and then he'll get he'll get assigned to a one year deal. I mean, the holdup might be the fact that they're saving cap room to, to sign Pasternak to the deal. It could be, still, and that could be the holdup. Yeah. Uh, okay, veteran defenseman, 37-year-old Francois Beauchemin was bought out of the last year of the contract by Colorado. The thing is, he did play 81 games. He averaged over 20 minutes a night, so he can still play at what level? I don't know. Maybe at best a bottom pairing. Uh, Anthony? Contract, um, tryout, or bubble. He may get initially a Pete. I think he initially gets a tryout, but I think if there's an injury, if there's injury, somebody's going to take a flyer on him on a one-year deal. But I think, so you it, think it's, yeah, I think, think it's, it's a You think it's a Seidenberg? Yeah, scenario. I think that's exactly right because he's again, he's he's a veteran. He's reliable. If you're using him in a bat bottom pairing situation, yeah. you can kind of shelter that and get some level of effective play depending on the team he's playing for, of course. Right. But I'm going to say, yeah, that one's one of those things where I think he initially gets a tryout, but then. Somebody maybe somebody gives him a one-year deal before us. Yeah, I mean, there was a time where Corey Cross was playing 70-something games a year, too. And, and we know how fondly Elite fans think about him. Um, oh, yeah. I, Love that guy. I, I'm going to say he will, get a, uh, he will get a tryout with somebody. I could see him getting a tryout like with the Capitals. That's what I could say. Yeah, strangely enough, I could see him getting a tryout with the with Anaheim again because you know now that they lost Theodore, they they bought out Dupre. You know, maybe they don't want to rush. I mean, I think Montour is ready, but maybe they don't want to rush a guy like Larson. Maybe they'll just maybe they'll have Boschman as the sixth, seventh guy, and you know, we know he can play well in Anaheim. He's done it four times. Yeah, if somebody makes a trade with Vegas between now and then, then maybe Vegas signs him. And then, well, yeah, but the thing is, is he? You sign with Vegas, you basically mean you basically are on the under understanding that you're signing with Vegas to be traded someplace else. At well, that whatever. Time. I mean, a job is a job. In this case, I don't think he, that's something that Beauchemin can really sort of dictate at this point. Now, yeah. 
a job is a job, Mike. Okay, winger Milan Mahalik uh, was caught up in the Robada Island scenario with uh, with the Maple Leafs. Was uh, played five games for the Leafs, got sent down, and never was seen from again. Right. Um, and basically, halfway through the That's the Marley right. season, he disappeared. That's now nice. he he's only thirty two years old. I mm-hmm. think he has something left, but this I, I don't know about you know if he's got NHL speed anymore. And we know speed is a problem. Uh, is a problem for veteran players. Uh, Anthony, contract, tryout, bupkis. I think he's actually – I really think – I mean, even even at the age, that that his dropping off on a, off a cliff with, with the Marlies really, I, that's – teams are going to look at that and say – and wonder about the player's motivation. They're going to look at the skill set and be willing to give him – I think to start off with a tryout – if he looks good enough, then he could potentially get the one-year deal. But I'm leaning towards tryout in this case. And that's and that's not going to be fair because you know basically at and I have no evidence of this other than seeing it firsthand. Brooks like and Milan Mahalik at a certain point, I think they were just told go away because you're not going to play. Right. Yeah. You know, there was it. You know, there was supposedly it was injury situations, but you know they were looking to develop their young players, and at a certain point, like in you know, late February, March, you didn't see these guys anymore, and they didn't play in the playoffs at all. So, for, in the AHL, in the Calder Cup playoffs for 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 the for the Marlies. Okay, uh, Ross, uh, buy. Uh, I'm sorry, tryout contract, Bupkis. I mean, look, Alice Hemsky is a year older, and he's hanging on by his thumbs. I I don't think Mahalik even gets a tryout. I think he gets Bupkis. Yeah, I'm. I'm afraid Russ is right. I think it's going to be Bupkis. He, you know, he might end up going, going to the cage. Yeah, I, yeah. I just see a contract form. I could see it someone giving him a tryout, but I, I don't see. I don't see a contract form. Mm-hmm. And finally, and this this guy's name has been has popped up a couple times uh, over the last couple weeks, but there's been nothing finalized. Cody Franzen, right hand shot defenseman. Um, <laughs> Now, I have to say, seeing firsthand in Buffalo, after seeing him play in Toronto for a few years, he was very subpar in Buffalo. And it wasn't injuries. It was just he, it, it, it just it was not a good fit. In Toronto, he played power play. When he got traded to Nashville, he was behind Weber. He was behind Yossi. He got no power play time. He was a bottom-pairing guy. Delzato when Delzato went there. Yeah, me. and it, it, I think it really hurt. It really hurt his value, and he took a basically a bridge deal from the Sabers, and the Sabers never really gave him. They may have given him an opportunity, but didn't take advantage of it. Uh, there's been talk about New Jersey and Chicago with tryouts, but do you? But he hasn't gone that way. Do you think it's contract tryout or bupkis, Anthony? Probably tryout. I'm going to say tryout at this point. That being said, he's getting towards the ladder. He's in terms of chances in the NHL. He's beginning to rapidly run out of those, and this may be the last year that a team's going to be willing to do that for him. And so I'm going to say at this, I know he's a darling of the uh, of the advanced stat, you know, advanced stat <laughs> yes. community, and I'm going to take a beating for it. But I've seen him play. He, he skates like he's in molasses at times, and he gets beat laterally. And I'm sorry, the, the name of the job is defenseman. You do have to actually cover laterally. And I didn't see enough of that from him in the games that I saw him. Maybe it was just bad game in that case, but I'm sorry. After a while, you kind of have to just realize that. And, you, I, and you, know, you can give me – all the advanced stats and, and, and try to tell me Nick Jurdev was a good to be a good player. It was a good player for the Flyers. Sorry, the eyes didn't lie when I was watching Nick Jurdev. So but Nick Jurdev, I got to tell you, he did something that no other player has ever done. And when the Flyers cut him after practice, Panacho for being in the mob. <laughs> no, that was good. But when the Flyers cut him right after practice, he literally went to the back of the building and a limo was waiting for him. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that was spectacular. He left Philly in a limo. It was great. <laughs> yep. yep. Was it paid for by Ilya Brzezgalov? No, just kidding. No idea. Uh, okay, Cody um, Franzen. I've yeah. heard rumors that the Blackhawks are going to invite him into camp. And as desperate as they are on defense, I can see that happen. It's a tryout. Yeah, that's that's yeah. me. I think I think it's going to be a tryout, and if it's the Blackhawks, he, pretty much the tryout means he's going to make the team because if you look. Right. If you look at their defense right now after trading Yarmolson, which I think 
that could be the that could be the move that hurts a contending team the most that was made this summer because you know Joel Quenville relied so much on those top three on Yarmolson, on Keith, and on Seabrook. And now that he doesn't now he's had one of the legs taken out of his table and he's gonna have to rely on Connor Murphy and Cody Franzen if they sign him. I mean that's, that's not, you have those two guys on your blue line playing you know, playing regular minutes. That's if I was in if I was a savvy investor, I would invest in on the Joel Quenville swear jar this year. Because I think he'll be putting a lot of money in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, um, we'll we'll do the second half of this list on Wednesday. It's going to be um, compelling, folks. This is a great yeah, list. Yeah, we're leaving you in suspense. The best <laughs> of the rest. It's a it's a cliffhanger, and we're not going to be telling any spoilers. Like it was a horrible movie. Come on, Mike. Which one? Cliffhanger. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> hey, hey, what's worse, cliffhanger or Cobra? Of bad, of bad Stallone movies. Wow. Okay. You're, There's a lot of bad Stallone movies. That's a good the lift gal in the, in that flick or what? No, how about Over the Top? No, no. Over the Top has a cult like horrible feeling that you make will make you watch it again. So I think you should keep Over the Top out of it. I think, believe it or not, I think Cobra is worse because at least Cliffhanger has some cinematography. Some. Yeah. And well, and Rocky Four is bad. It's, it's just yeah, Rocky bad. Four doesn't exist in my world. Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you, Anthony Mangione. Thank you, Russ Cohen. Uh, thanks all for everyone watching. Thanks, uh, we will Eck. be back on Wednesday. Thank you, Eck. Well, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's the host. I'm just subbing. Uh, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.